Hey, welcome to today's episode where I have a special surprise for you. I have my very first guest on the podcast today. Her name is Colleen Biggs, and she is amazing. She is a wealth of knowledge for women who want to up-level their life, their business, and just want to be the best versions of themselves. And so I am super excited to have her on the show today. And I know that you are going to absolutely love the conversations that we have. So sit back, relax, and take it all in. Real life. We are surrounded by the idea that it's a tired life. The no time for me life. The life that chose us. We're supposed to love it, live it, and settle for it. All while being our quote-unquote best selves. We feel as though we should do what everyone else thinks we should instead of being who we truly are. We all want to be the best mom, wife, employee, and we often get caught chasing the elusive perfect life. Although perfection doesn't exist, the idea that we can't or shouldn't want more for ourselves is something I'm super passionate about. I'm putting a stop to the idea that life dictates what we do instead of actually designing the life we want to live. The idea that we should accept life as it comes, living with few boundaries and no balance, has to stop. I'm on a mission to help you lessen stress, overwhelm, and the guilt that weighs on you. I want you to not only live life, but actually chase your dreams because you deserve it. Let me lead you to defining the life you truly want to live instead of just accepting the one that you've been dealt. Join me in conversations about self-care, simplicity, and all things avoiding overwhelm that will lead to a life filled with more joy, time, and energy. I'm Marissa Rader, and this is The Self-Care Haven. All right, we are here today with my friend Colleen, and she is an amazing amazing woman. We have been talking here before we started recording and I am so excited for her to share her amazing knowledge with you guys. So Colleen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, Marissa. Thank you so much. So my name is Colleen Biggs and uh, I am a corporate dropout, I like to say. So I spent, you know, 30 years in the corporate world, learning, growing, Uh, And I, you know, the other day I had mentioned something to a friend that I was speaking with and I said, you know, I never realized in corporate that I was actually um, in an entrepreneur's uh, world or body. And I I didn't realize how much I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I really always thought I was going to be at corporate and wind up retiring, you know, my 60s because I I loved, uh, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder and, and, and this increasing career I had. But then I went back and I looked at every job that they gave me throughout my 30 years of being in corporate. And by the time I left of that position, I had modified that position so much and created it to be something that never started to be to the point where they would have to disseminate to five different people what it was that I was doing by the time I left. And I did that everywhere I went. I literally created my own business within whatever job it was that they gave me. And I just see that repeating throughout my whole world. And so I think inside of all of us, especially, you know, Marissa, with the listeners that you have and those that are attracted to you, you know, we all have this little entrepreneur in inside of us, right? We all, especially as females, to create what it is that we want to do in life. And 
I didn't want to hold back anymore on what I wanted to create, and I went looking for it. So as I was telling you, Marissa, I went and joined all these female organizations trying to find the right organization for me. And at the time, I was like, hey, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I need to find a community that's going to promote me. And there was a lot of masterminding, a lot of networking, right, where you promote yourself within there. You know, a lot of coffee talks, um, a lot of things where, you know, you had online uh, tools that you could access from them. But I couldn't find anything where I got to stand out from the other members in the group to be in the spotlight. And so in my words, I always say to everyone, if I can't find it, I just build it, right? If I can't find the house I want, I'll just go build it. If I can't find the car I want, I'll just go build it somewhere online. If I can't find the business I want, I'll just go build it. So I did. I went and built the community. But this community is different. And it's different, A, we all know when you run your own business, it's different because you run it. But this one's different because my whole purpose in building this is to help females, empower them to have their voices be heard, to celebrate their opinions, to celebrate their identities, for them to step into the spotlight, gain the visibility that all entrepreneurs need to expand their influence. And we just can't do that staying in the shadows. And you might think, well, I'm on Facebook and I do videos on Facebook and I have a group on Facebook and I hate to break it to you, but the problem women are facing today is how are we seen in an oversaturated social media world? You can't even get seen on Facebook anymore. And first of all, if you're not on LinkedIn, you need to be on LinkedIn. But creating this community, I wanted to create a magazine so that women could have credibility. Some of them are brand new starting their businesses. How could we create credibility for them? And I do that through helping them publish an article in my magazine. As a member, they get that for free. They get to come on the podcast and now they can say, I've been you know, um, someone that's been interviewed on a podcast and they get that for credibility. They get to run their own workshop. So we do a Teaching Tuesday workshop. They get to run that. I promote them. I get everyone there for them. They get to run it. It's recorded. Now they have a workshop that they could sell, they could use. Plus, by the way, it's like a feeding frenzy on those workshops because everyone's buying their stuff, right? We have women that are talking about Instagram. We have women that are talking about life insurance. We have women that are talking about learning how to write a book in four weeks. You know, you name it, women are coming forward with all their geniuses. And what it does for each one of us that get to partake in that is we get to be inspired and motivated, but not only that, we get to be educated. And the more we're educating ourselves, taking those tools and putting them in our toolbox, the better off we're going to be going down the road when we're expanding our business and wanting to attract more clients. Yes, I love that. I love exactly what your your business stands for because I think that as women, a lot of times we're kind of given that perception from society like just sit down and and stop talking and don't don't step outside of the box or don't you know don't color outside of the lines. This is this is what you do and this is how you do it and you just you're supposed to go forth and and proceed that way and what I'm finding a lot with my with my listeners and with the women that I work with is that they've been told these lies their whole life and then they get to adulthood and they can't figure out why they don't fit in anywhere or why their life doesn't seem fulfilling. And you had mentioned that, um, especially women, we all kind of have that entrepreneurship inside of us. And I, I was there and I could not figure out what was wrong with me. And so to hear you say that is not just validating for, for me, but I, 
have a feeling for a lot of women who are listening because a lot of times we aren't living our best lives because we aren't, we aren't leading with that, with that foot forward and believing in ourselves enough that we have the knowledge or that we have the resources, or if we don't have them, that we can find them. And in like a a program and like the things that you have set up, that there are women out there ready and willing to educate and teach and include and, you know, put the spotlight on, on women for what they, what they want to do and how they want to live their life and how they want to make an income and an impact for themselves. So I think that that is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, Marissa, if anyone out there is a mother right now listening, you are absolutely the entrepreneur of your family. You know, think of how much you have to allow coloring outside the lines, how much you have to figure out what to do next, right? Children aren't delivered with, um, with, uh, instruction manuals. And I, I even tell my kids today when they go back and say, well, you wouldn't let us do that. You know, when we were kids, why do you let my kids do it? I'm like, okay, A, they're my grandkids, but B, you know, I look at that and I say, you didn't come with an instruction manual. So trust me when I tell you, I made a lot of mistakes when you were younger and I just had to figure it out. So I'm here to tell you, you're doing the best you can. And sometimes you just have to figure it out. Like, even though I've raised you and I've been a parent to you and all of your siblings, I still don't know the answer for your child right now. Sometimes we just have to figure it out. And what I know is everything's figure outable. So you will figure it out. I know you will. And we're all going to be here to support you to do that and know that you're doing the best you can. And I think that goes into business as well. If we think about it, we're all doing the best we can. But you know, I love the name of your podcast being the self-care haven because we can't take care of everyone else and do everything without taking care of ourselves. So I love that you define that however we define that. And if if putting yourself in the spotlight and d- devoting that time for learning for you and devoting that time to be fueled by other women is what supports your business, you must do that first because you cannot pour from an empty cup. It's Trust me when I say I am the first person, and my son even said this on a plane. We were flying to Virginia or Washington one day when I had a, I had a book tour. I think I don't remember what I was doing, and my we were in the emergency. And I love sitting there every once in a while, but I will give that seat up to anyone tall or that needs it other than me. But if I get the extra room, by the way, I'm five two, so I'm extremely short. I don't need the room. So I remember them coming by and saying, would you be willing to assist and help? You know, you have to answer yes. And I have my headphones on and they said, can you have, you know, can you tap her on the shoulder? And my son was like, mom. And I looked and I said, oh, yes. And he goes, by the way, it doesn't matter if this plane were to go down. She's going to help everyone else on the plane before she ever gets out anyway. So it was really interesting that my son said that about me, which meant my son must be paying attention to how I take care of others. But is he paying attention that I'm taking care of myself? And I don't think so. I think I was actually setting the example, which we think is good. Like, I'm this person that can take care of everyone else. I don't think I was setting the best example for him because they tell you on the plane, you must put your mask on first. It does no good to run around trying to put everyone's masks on because you'll be dead by the second row, right? So that analogy couldn't be even more perfect. It's beautiful that he said that about me and he sees me as that hero But it also kind of scared me a little bit because I thought to myself, where does he ever see me taking care of myself? And if I'm not showing up for him and showing him that by example, then he feels like he needs to take care of everyone else because that's the example 
I led for him. So how am I teaching him to take care of himself and put himself first? Yes. And that was kind of the turning point for me as well was thinking, wow, I have these three beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed baby girls that are going to grow up looking to me to show them how how you're supposed to live life and what do I want that to look like? And where I was at in life at that point in time was not ever a place where I wanted to see my kids. And so it was right then and there that I started letting them see me take care of myself and see me draw boundaries and they are young still. And, but that's exactly what, what needs to happen because we, you're right. We just, we put other people's needs first all the time. And I was just talking with um, inside a mastermind that I'm involved in. One of the women was like, we were taking care of my 90 year old father-in-law. She's like, I'm having to feed him, bathe him, help him go to the bathroom, do all of these things. And she's like, and I'm on the verge of my breaking point. Like, when does it come the point where I say, you know, maybe we need to look at a long-term care facility. And one of the other girls in the mastermind looked at her and said, I know that you think that you need to have it all together and you need to be the glue and you need to be this and that. But she's like, I want you to stop. And I want you to think of your kids. They are watching you give every ounce of yourself to this. Is that how you want them to be? And it was like right then and there, she was like, I'm going to look into hiring help for him because I deserve better. And my kids deserve to see me take care of myself and, and know that I can't take care of other people if I'm not at my optimal place. And so, yes, it's just such a, it's a, it's a hard place to be in for women because you know, time you're feeling guilty or you're, you know, all these emotions come up and they're limiting beliefs. That's all they are. They're, they're the shoulds and we've got to get rid of the shoulds. And so I love that you, that you brought that up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we just talked about this on my podcast this morning and I think her name, her name was Michelle Bush that I interviewed. And she said to me, Remember when you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. So if you're saying yes to your 90-year-old grandfather that you're taking care of, then you're saying no to your kids for activities or things that you generally maybe would have done with them. So you have to realize there's sacrifices that come with that yes. So do you really understand the ramifications of the no's? So you can't say yes to everything. So when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. And you know, a tip for everyone listening today Our children, and not just children, but colleagues, other people that are around you, people that are in your masterminds, uh, women that are in communities with you, they watch you more than they listen to you. Yes. It's just a fact. So if people are watching you more, your goal in life is not to be exhausted by trying to show up as something you're not. Your goal in life is to show up authentically as who you are, because by you authentically just showing up as you are with all the imperfections on the outside, you automatically give those around you, including your small children, the permission for them to show up authentically as themselves. And we don't want others around us to try to be something they're not either, or put them in a mold or put them on a, in a box where we think they need to be something they're not. If you want your children to flourish, to be who they are, then we have to give them the room and the space to do that. But you have to go first. You have to do that and show up as that. And it's actually probably one of the hardest things that we do because we try to be everything to everybody. But if you just realize you can't 
and you show up just as you are without apology because we're not asking permission of anyone else. So without apology, you show up as yourself. Your family does not give you permission. You give yourself permission. We need to remember that. I had a lady leave a note on my website the other day and say, thank you for those words. I have always looked to my family for permission. And now I realize I've owned my permission the entire time. And now I can give myself permission. That's just a limiting belief that we have. It's a self-sabotage you know, that we use. I don't know why. It makes our life more difficult, but we still do it. So just... How could you show up authentically as yourself? By the way, it's easy and it's freeing because you're not trying to be something you're not. Yes. And it is so much less exhausting yes. <laughs> to be able to just start showing up as yourself. And I think a lot of times women are scared to show up as themselves because what if I'm not good enough? What if people don't like me when I am myself? And the thing is, is that you aren't going to be liked by everybody. You're not everyone's cup of tea. And once you become aware of that and okay with it, then, I mean, yeah, I'm tired some days, but I do not feel near the exhaustion that I did prior to coming to that realization. Thinking that I needed to show up in a certain way was the most exhausting thing that I think I've ever done. And once... Yeah, you're right. It's just so freeing. And that's what I want for all of my listeners is to be able to one day wake up and be like, today is going to be the day, hopefully sooner than later. Today is going to be the day that I'm going to start showing up as myself for myself, for the betterment of everyone around me. And, and the day that you do it for yourself is also a freeing day when you stop doing it because you think you need to for other people. It's just an amazing Yeah. We should talk about the naysayers. So let's talk about those. Let's talk about the others. And in my world, it was, you know, more of, I felt that in corporate a lot, right? Because in my personal life, I didn't surround myself with people that were naysayers or um, didn't like me, right? We don't surround ourselves with people that don't like us in our personal life. But sometimes in our corporate world, maybe we don't have the choice of who we're surrounding ourselves with, right? Who might be our boss or who other people are that we have to do projects with, right? So let's talk about those naysayers. And I look at it as this, and you you and I talked about this a little bit, Marissa, but what other people say about you doesn't matter. And my parents taught me this little tiny saying when I was young. And it's like your rubber, their glue. Whatever they say bounces off of you, sticks back on them, right? It bounces off of me, sticks back on you. And then, and then, and then, we say that. But it was how they protected me from bullies, uh, you know, at school and on recess. But if we think about that in today's world for us, what anyone else is reflecting onto you, which is what it is, it's their own self-reflection. So if you think about that, if someone is focused on you and has something negative to say, I think to myself, I don't have any time to be focused on someone else and negative things that are happening with them because I'm too busy creating over here and doing my stuff. So this person must have nothing going on over here that all they have time for is to be focused on everything I'm doing wrong, right? I tell you what, it cracks me up when I send out newsletter after newsletter after newsletter regularly, sometimes three, four times a week. There's a misspelling. There's a link that goes wrong. All of a sudden, I get 20 emails back from people letting me know everything wrong with the newsletter. And my, my comment back to them is, glad to see you're reading our newsletters. Yes. Like every single time, because no one writes back and comments, I love this newsletter, all the links worked. It's when something doesn't work, people are right there 
to pick it out for you. And I just look at that as, thank you very much for the feedback. I'm moving on. You know, I'm not perfect and we're not ever going to be perfect. We just have to define what's the best version of ourselves that we can be and what what does success look like for us. And people might not feel that time is a currency in my world. Time is currency and the magic of time is what fulfills my life. And that also is a is a um a probably like a gauge line for me of success. If my time is being used up by others, um, then I feel that I'm I'm being less successful. If my time is being utilized um, and I have the ability to leverage my time, then I feel as if I'm being more successful. So that's how I define success in my life. And I really feel that for us to be the best version of ourselves or live our best life, A, we can't ask permissions of others because it has to be by our own permission. And I hate to break it to everyone, and I hate to say this to your listeners, but no one's coming. Like, <laughs> there isn't a person on the white horse that comes and says, you now have permission to live your best life, right? But when we were younger, if you're my age, so if anyone is, you know, 40s, 50s, then you probably were taught that, you know, that Prince Charming on the white horse was going to come and sweep you away. You were going to be a wife and have kids. And wow, that got shattered when I was a kid. That really didn't happen. And my parents got divorced. And then before I know it, I was like, so well, then why would I want to depend on a man if he's just going to leave? I don't understand that. Like that whole thinking doesn't work for me. So that's probably what set me on an early course that was like, hey, you need to be independent and think for yourself because no one's coming. No one's coming. In fact, people are leaving. And so how do you create your world the way that you foresee the vision to go in your life that's success. Yes, I see. And I grew up in the opposite of my parents are still halfway married. I was an only child. So, you know, I was their sole, their sole focus. And so, I mean, those you've like birth order, you know, I was like that textbook first kid where perfectionism type a, and so I also sought validation all the time from my parents because I just grew up knowing that a, they were always there for me, B, they were always going to be honest and, and they were smarter than I was. I was okay with that. But then it got to a point where I no longer knew how to make my own decisions because I was relying on them to save the day or to help me make my big life choices. And, and then when I wasn't happy with them, I couldn't figure out why, because I wasn't doing what was true to me and my personality and what I considered my best life. And I thought that that would hinder my relationship with them. And it didn't, it only grew it stronger when I was able to say, you know what, this is who I am and this is what I want to do in life. And that, okay, like, go for it, conquer the world if that's what you want, you know? And so I, there, you're right. There is no like Prince Charming on a white horse. You have to make the choice yourself to, to show up and, and live your best life. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Mine, mine showed up bald in a black truck. So, I mean, you know, he, that's my husband. He didn't show up the way I anticipated he would show up. So, right. We're all, Yes. We all, um, yours is a farmer. So we, yeah. we all found someone that fits our life and we have to realize, you know, uh, something about our DNA. If we talk about that, no one has the same fingerprint as you, right? It identifies you as an individual. So for us to think 
that we're supposed to fit in, right? Um, and we're just supposed to blend in. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. We all know that doesn't work. So you probably have felt like you didn't fit in because the goal is you're not supposed to fit in and that you're supposed to stand out. So how do you stand out? What is it about you that makes you unique? And I challenge everyone to write that list down. Um, it's very hard. I have found it over the years for women to talk about the things that we're brilliant at. Because again, culture and society has taught us that that is not our place to talk about how brilliant we are men. No problem. Go for it. No problems. (laughs) I mean, they will apply for a job if they think they're 15% qualified women. They won't even think to apply unless they know they are 80% qualified. And females, I have hate to break it to you, but we've done that to ourselves. And so if we want to disrupt the landscape, and we change the future for our children and for our grandchildren. And we must step up and speak up. We must lead and help others along. We can't do it alone. And what I have found, Marissa, from meeting women across the globe, which is really, you know, this pandemic has offered us to, the opportunity to go global. And meeting these women across the globe, we are all the same. We are all the same. And we have this fine woven uh, thread of sisterhood. And if we would just take that and and string that together and band together strong as we are women, like most women don't even know that we control global economy. We spend the most money out of any gender. If we stop spending uh, for a week, the you know global economy would collapse because no one would be spending money because we spend so much money. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, men aren't. It's just that when you're in a household, if you have a man and a female in a household and you have kids, the women are generally buying most of the household items for the home. That's just the way it works today in the world. It still works that way. And so if we have that much power and control, why do we have inequality? It's our choices that we're making, right? And it's not necessarily all always about going for equality. I wouldn't want to hold down the man or any of that kind of stuff. But I certainly want to be sure that now that the women in history have helped us create seats at the table, that the women that are taking the seats at the table are speaking up for themselves. And if they're interrupted, that they're speaking up for that too, right? There's still this kind of archaic way that corporations do business. And unless you break that stigma and disrupt it and create a new landscape, it'll just continue to be the same. I mean, if Rosa Parks didn't choose to sit where she sat, it always would have been that way because someone has to break the barrier. Like the person in the you know Olympics who said, there's no way anyone could run a three-minute mile. Right when the first person broke it, 20 more people right behind them did because it's all about mindset. Yes. So we have to be the ones that are leading the way to help others believe it's possible. And it, we're the women that they're going to be talking about in Absolutely. history 30 years from now. Exactly. And I love, I love that you said that we don't necessarily need to be like equal to men. I, that's not like, I, I have a problem, not a problem, but this um, it's a mindset thing around equality. I'm like, I don't need to be equal to a man. I just want to be seen as, as who I am and what I can bring to the table. And I don't care if I'm man or woman or cow out my office window here. Like if you can show up and you can take that seat at the table and you can 
share your ideas and your knowledge and your genius with the world, then, then do it. And so many of us are afraid of doing that. I was afraid of doing that for so long. And it's, it's another really freeing moment. We're, we're getting really deep into this, like how to free yourself here in this conversation. Yeah, it really is that does that for you. It really is. And it's, it's sad, you know, in the corporate world, you'll see that women get paid less than men for certain things. And it it just sucks. It really does. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I know someday if we continue to push the way we're pushing, that will change. I know it will. But I have to tell you, for, for me to feel equal to a man, I guess that means that I would have to give up my right to be able to birth children because he can't. But yeah. then I also don't want to be on the front lines in a war. Maybe some women do, but I choose not to. Like, I wouldn't want to give birth to a child and then run out and go to war. So I think we pick and choose our battles and we pick and choose. But we also have to look at that as, you know, I feel like the father plays a very important role in the home. I feel like the mother plays a very important role in the home. And it's very difficult. I've been a single mother. It's very difficult for a mother to play, to be both of those roles. In fact, it's almost impossible because there's just so much that other person brings to the table. So, you know, again, back to the safe haven of, you know, self-care and us really taking care of ourselves Um, We need to look in the mirror and we need to say, do we love ourselves? Do we really love who we are and who we're becoming? Maybe you don't love yourself who you are today because I didn't for a while. In fact, I actually was like, I don't even like hanging out with myself for very long. I needed to be around other people. And that was a little scary. It's like, well, why don't you like yourself? Why aren't you comfortable hanging out with yourself? What's wrong? Why do you feel like you need to be in the presence of others? So I think sometimes we have to get a little deeper understanding about who we are. We need to get a deeper understanding about what our what we like, what our habits are, things that we enjoy doing. Because, you know, when my children were grown and out of the house, I found myself still eating fish sticks and shopping at the same stores I took them because I had just lost myself in being a mother. We need, we need to help them understand there's not one of us out there. Marissa, you do not want one of your girls to lose who they are in motherhood when they're raising their children. You don't want her to only be a mom or only be a wife. You want her to be herself and have that be the most prominent thing. And then everything else comes after that. So if we're not showing that by example, then we're not giving them the chance to even understand that that's possible. Yes. I just recorded a podcast about who you are and like identifying who you are. And when you ask people that, especially women, they're going to say, well, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a teacher. That's how I used to describe myself. That's not who you are. Those are the roles that you have. Those are jobs. Those are tasks that you are responsible for. That's not who you are. Who you are is those inner characteristics. And that goes by the wayside. And that's, that was the defining moment for me was literally Googling, you know, where do exhausted pregnant moms go for rehab? Like celebrities get to go to rehab for being exhausted. Where do normal moms (laughs) go when they are just done? (laughs) You know, like where is this place and how do I find it? (laughs) Google doesn't know, by the way, (laughs) any listeners, if you're thinking about Googling it, that answer doesn't exist. And so I had to get back to me and fall in love with myself. And I don't know that I had ever truly, we are told you can't love yourself. When you love yourself, you're being boastful, you're being arrogant, you end up being conceited. 
And so we think that we have to downplay and minimize all of the great things about us and the things that we love and the things that we do. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. It all it does is set you up for completely losing yourself and then having to start over in your thirties because you don't know up from down. Yeah. <laughs> all you know is that you like fish sticks and where your kids want to shop. <laughs> it's so true. Like it literally is so true. You pick up all their habits, their likes, their wants, their food, because that's just what you've cooked forever. So, you know, women, it's, it's just so important for us to take our lives and put ourselves in the spotlight and know that by doing that, you're not being a bad mom. You're not being a bad employer. You're not being a bad boss. You know, you're taking care of you in whatever way that looks like. And you're setting boundaries. Again, you become an example because people are watching you. And that's one of the most powerful things you can remember. How are you, li- how are you living your life and how are you showing up? Because other people are watching you. Yes, absolutely. I was a teacher for a number of years. That was my life before entrepreneurship. And I spoke out a lot about teacher burnout and setting boundaries and not being there until eight o'clock at night and getting there at 7 a.m. and dedicating your whole life to the profession because A, whatever you have to do is still going to be there tomorrow. It's not life or death. You're not a doctor. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it is kids and their education, but it's okay to think of yourself. And so for a long time, I didn't have any boundaries at school. I was that teacher. And when I started putting those boundaries in place, all of a sudden I would have coworkers that were emailing me or texting me on Sunday night. And they'd be like, I just want you to know, I left my teacher bag at school and I didn't do any work this weekend. And I would congratulate them and applaud them. But the only reason why they were even messaging me that was because they were watching me do it. And I was leading by example and they were able to follow in my footsteps. And guess what? The building became a happier place. The more of us that got on board with it, our kids were happier in our classrooms. We were teaching better. The magnitude of it, it was a ripple effect. It wasn't just about me and my boundaries. It became boundaries of my coworkers. And then that transferred into our kids and then our kids transferred into their lives and they were observing it and they were seeing that it was okay to do those things too. And so I just think that that is such an amazing thing. We think it's selfish to take care of ourselves and to do self-care, but really it's this giant ripple effect and it, it just creates happiness in the long run. You will never regret taking time for yourself ever. Never. Yeah. Totally agree, Marissa. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to leave with my audience here before before we end our interview? Yeah, you know, I want women to know that, um, you know, there's a there's a tribe out there for all of you. And I want you to find the right tribe for you, whatever that looks like, right? Find the right tribe for you. So find people that support you that want you to grow and learn and, um, and fuel your success. Get rid of the naysayers. And here's what you're also going to need to know. As you're growing and changing and evolving, the people around you will look different because some of them aren't ready to grow and evolve with you. So you're going to have to let go of some of those and make sure that you're not always the smartest person in the room. Why You need to grow and expand. So put yourself in a room that might feel a little scary to you at first or you know, be surrounded with women that might feel a little scary at first, but 
All they want to do is, um, you know, teach you. Uh, they want to be your friend. They want to uh, fuel your success as well. So we need to not be afraid to ask. Not be afraid to ask people to open doors for us. Not be afraid to ask for people to uh, be on a podcast. Uh, to whatever it is, ask for opportunities that you want. And I welcome anyone who wants to reach out to me. It's very easy to find me. I'm lead up for women everywhere. Instagram, LinkedIn. And so you can find me, you can email me at info at leadupforwomen.com. And I'd love to leave your listeners um, a free digital magazine if you wanted to be able to post that link because I w- it's, it's all the stories of our members that write the stories. So there's a business section, there's a leadership section, a lifestyle section, and a philanthropy section. So we have something for all of you. It's a powerful read and it's just a way for you to just get to intimately know other women and understand like, oh, wait, so their story's a lot like mine. I guess I'm not the only one out there. I'm not alone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I am so glad that you shared where to find you at because I have a feeling that after this, women are going to be flocking to you because <laughs> you shared so much amazing knowledge and you're exactly right. We are not alone in any of this and, and your tribe is out there. I spent my whole life looking for it and it wasn't until just recently that I found them. And I don't think that it was by coincidence that it was about the same time that I started identifying who I really was and what I wanted out of life that I was able to locate them. So awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here with me today, Colleen. If you are looking for more information on Colleen, you can find that in the show notes. And I look forward to bringing you another episode of the Self-Care Haven podcast with me, your host, Marissa Rader, next week. And until then, I will be here cheering you on. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. And just in case you didn't know, there is a community that has been created just for you. It's centered around the Self-Care Haven episodes and is designed to help you take action and implement all the goodness. I want you to be a part of it. So head on over to marissarader.com slash Facebook group. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about me and how I can help you stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed and start living the life you dream of, head to marissarader.com. There's free downloads, programs, and courses to help you live your best life. I'm always cheering you on. See you next time.